Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup from Red Bull Racing Australia. I'm Dave Reynolds from the Bodlow Racing Team. Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert from Ford Pepsi Max Crew, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. It is, look, it's great. It's a fun track. Um, I was conceived on the bolt, so um, <laughs> been, been here before. I wouldn't say it's the number one target on our radar. We're all about winning races and trying to win a championship at the moment, but... But we, you know, Kim and I chip away at it, but right now we have nothing. Sometimes they're not dickheads, you could say. It's just it's, they're just <laughs> there's good racing and I enjoy it. Mm. From the racetracks across Australia and around the world, here's Inside Supercars. Hello and welcome to Inside Supercars. This week, a slight change to the format. We go back to our interview programs and we speak with Brad Jones, Alex Premer. We have a chat with Lucas Dumbrell and Tim Edwards. I hope you'll stay with us for what's some very interesting chats. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to take the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to do, um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Brad Jones, 2015 has been... Some would say a pivotal year for V8 supercars. Some would say it's business as usual. How have you seen the year to date? And where do you see V8 supercars 2015 as we go into the the most important, most people say, part of the year? Well, I think I think you know V8 supercars is going along okay. We've, we've you know crowds are okay. I mean, the big change for us is not being on on uh, live on free to air at every event. Um, but but as term in in terms of the racing, uh, you know I think it's going along pretty good. I think we've had some great races, some good contests. I think um, you know we've adjusted the the program as we went along. The 60k races probably haven't been as lively as we would have liked. So we've we you know we tried to jazz it up with a soft tire, and in doing that, we we uh, probably detracted a little bit from the Sunday race because you couldn't use four fronts, and and you had to use you know if you want to use another set of hard. So Look, you know, it's all a bit technical, but but I think it's been going along all right. Has Vert Supercars as a business and the business that one you're in and two that pays your wage strengthened its operating position? Do you feel? And in turn, does that mean your business has strengthened its financial and operating position? I don't think it pays my wage. You know, what it does is um, it pays for the tyres on the car and it gives us a little bit of money to help run the team. So it's a long way from. You know any of that other stuff? Look, I, I you know, I, I think I think it's going along okay. I'm not. I, uh, it's it's a tough business. I think it's tough everywhere, and um, you know. But but we've got 25 cars here. They're all competing well. You know, on on the right day, the racing's pretty exciting. So yeah, I, you know, I think it's going along okay. Not every football game's a great game. Not every car race is a great car race. What can the series do to try and get more good than bad? But, you know, it's a work in progress. We're always trying to make it better. So, um, you know, the commission will meet in a couple of weeks and talk about uh, 
talk about what we do to make the racing a little bit better and lots of people have got opinions on it, you know, and I'm probably no different to that. Um, the difficult thing is it changes from circuit to circuit depending on climate, you know, whether it's raining or dry. I mean, so many things contribute to a good race. So what we can do as a group is sit down and look at each individual one and, and try and um, make sure that we're, you know, we've got the best opportunity there you know to the, to make the racing better you need to keep the engineers guessing so everyone doesn't migrate to exactly the same strategy that's not a very easy thing to do with this year and the way that the business model has changed for television how is that affecting your marketing department because it has a the new model is obviously a seven-year model which you have to migrate all your partnerships to. How is that changing business model, changing the language and the and the thoughts around what you're delivering as an organisation and then as a team? Well, it's it's six it's a six-year deal, and we're just about to end of the first one. I think in in another you know five years the model will be different again anyway. Look, for, some people are totally against buying TV. And other people, um, other people don't mind it. At the end, you either pay for your TV, and you don't get any ads in your motor racing. So the upside of it is, if you've got Fox and you watch V8 Supercar racing, you see every second of racing at every event. Plus all the practice qualifying, you see everything. You don't have to channel surf to keep in touch with what we're doing. You know the downside is if you don't have pay TV and you don't want to pay to watch television, then you're going to get highlights packages. And um, you're going to get six of the key events that we have live on free to air. So um, I wouldn't say it's having a detrimental effect. I mean, business is tough all round, but but um, we needed to do that deal for the business, you know, and for the team. So you know, it is what it is. It's unfortunate, but it's it's like but that. But is program. it unfortunate? Well, every other sporting code is yeah, like this. That's you a know, bad choice of words. It's not unfortunate. It's, it's it was the a way. Good result. Yeah, Money. absolutely. And and it's unfortunate that some people can't see that. But you know, it's it's where we're at, and it's what we had to do. And and um, the upside is, you turn the television on, and you watch every race. I've had a few people come and grab me. You know, I had one guy last year who's half drunk come up and berate me about the television. I said to him, hey, "What do you do for a living?" So he told me what he did. I said, "Okay, clearly you can afford fifty bucks a month." Yes, I can, but I won't get it on principle. I said, humour me, just go and get it, watch your first couple of races and see what you think. He went to the trouble of sending me an email telling me, he said, look, you know, everything you said was right, no ads, so much more information, really love the show, um, I'm glad I did it, you were right. So it's an education thing. I, my generation is not used to paying to watch television. Some people are pretty strict about that, others aren't. I've got pay TV, I had it before it was in V8 supercars, because I wanted to watch NASCAR races and the only way I could see it at a reasonable timeline rather than watch one which had it on weeks after. So look, I think it's good. And and as as for the business, it hasn't had you know, business is tough anyway. So um, you know, what can I say? It's I, I, I it hasn't made any difference. But with so much negative reporting when you when yeah, you make a presentation sort of now. Nah, not oh, really. People look at the numbers yeah, but it depends. I, I'm going to say I can only speak on my behalf, but you know we brought a new sponsor into the business last year, and they knew what the TV package was like, you know, and they're still here, and and you know, 
So all I can tell you is with my people, you know, I work very hard to make sure that they're happy with what they get. You know, you've got your, the, the, the six races that we simulcast represent 70% of our fans and our viewing audience. And so, you know, it's about working out the margins. On another matter entirely, we've had a lot of talk this year about lack of testing, lack of tyres, all, all these other items around the business of racing. Obviously, with no super tests this year and a lot of discussion at the levels you're at about what we need, I imagine that we don't need to return to a situation where Mark Scaife was testing 200 days a year. Oh, no, we, ne- we, we will <laughs> never return to that. Uh, testing won't change much from, from where it is. You know, testing's quite expensive. I'm a big fan of more running and race meetings when people are actually paying to come and see us. I don't see the point in us spending all that money to go testing and there's no one there. It doesn't make any sense to me. So um, if, if we get a little bit more track time, I'd like to see it at race meetings. Would We've had a couple of two-day race meetings and everyone goes, this is fantastic, only away for four days instead of five days, but we've never seen that translate. Now, obviously, the TV deal has a... Well, has, has a, a major a impact, major impact on that. we sold them three days at every race. So, you know, uh, do I like it? Yeah, at some events, I think I think a two-day race means suitable for us. But but right now, I don't think it's on the, you know, it's not on the screen because we've got so much uh, commit tied up in the TV deal. So where is the balance then moving forward? More test days? Like, how can you, you've got a... No, Macaulay no, for, coming through for me more for me it's more running on race meetings so it's just more track time on yeah. days yeah if you put an extra hour on it on each each week it'd be like having two extra test days so you know on a Friday so um, I think rookies and and people new to the sport should probably get a bit of extra testing but honestly we have no tires to test on I mean we fixed the tire problem to a certain extent because we all get a set of tires on Friday but you know it's another twelve hundred bucks every time you get a buy set. So, it's it's you know, is it relative? Does it? I mean, these cars are hard to drive, and I'm not sure an extra day testing will make it easier. You know, people roll the Marcus Ambrose story out, Penske, DJR roll that out all the time. But but the truth is, Marcus Ambrose turned up in this category, um, having never raced one of these cars, doing a couple of ride days and a test day, turned up at the Grand Prix, qualified on pole, didn't seem to knock him around too much in. So now he's come back after being away 10 years and he's finding it hard and I really sympathise with him. But is it really the lack of testing? Because when he first came into the category, it was still pretty tough and he was pretty fast. But taking this hat off and putting on the father of Macaulay Jones, how hard is it for a young guy like Macaulay Jones to get the experience he needs to be able to operate at that level and transition? extremely difficult you know the blokes run around at the front of the field i mean it wasn't so bad for nick Perkett, scott mclaughlin and chas mostay because they came into this category and coincided with a massive change of car and driving style so they sort of rode on the crest of that wave the next group that make it through are going to find the going a lot tougher because everyone's used to these cars you know there's only two rookies in the field at sandown mccauley and jack lebrock and you know the two of them uh, you know, two of the slowest cars here. So it's hard work. It's very hard. But but I don't know how you make it easier. There's a point where they need to sink or swim. It's like, 
you know, so hopefully you can get them some more test days. When the DVS goes to this car, it'll make them a little better. You know, Cam Waters has been doing DVS for four years and he's going okay and I think he'll step up next year. But it's always going to be a three-year cycle in V8 supercars, to, I think, to work out how good you are and get towards the front of the group. And is that the right sort of cycle? Because there's dri- there's more than three there, there's more than three drivers that are going to drop out, yeah. and there's less than three drivers with three years experience so, so, in the next drop below. So how would you fix it? I don't know. I was hoping you'd tell me. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, at the end I, of the day, I don't think I don't think I mean maybe if you gave them 200 test days, but everyone would go broke except yeah. for two or three teams. So. You know, we just need to stick with the model we got and chip away at it and make little changes here and there. Um, I don't know what else we can do. Is the racing format, we've talked about the 60k races, is the racing format conducive to helping people come into the sport? Um, because we run a, such a tight parity, it makes it very difficult to pass, which, you know, you saw that today at Sandown. Um, I think that, I don't know, I mean, I think... I think our cars lend themselves to a longer race, more than 60Ks. You get the odd good race, but really usually see the good race when there's a bit of strategy involved and it can be a little bit confusing. So I think those races are more suited to what, what we do, but you still can get a good race in a 60K event. With, with um, Fox, News Limited is eventually going to get the ownership of Channel 10. So you say? No. <laughs> The legislation's going through Parliament to yeah, allow it. Yeah, it's got to get through. Well, it's getting through. Yeah, yeah anyway. OK. You think Rupert can't get that through? I don't know. <laughs> um, no, the football, we look at the AFL deal, and Foxtel has the ability to sell one, sell one game per week to a free-to-air broadcaster. Most pundits are saying they're going to sell it to 10 because they're going to own 10, and you'll have... Fox Sports on 10 and you'll see like we see ESPN on 10 in ABC and that, that sort of model it's very successful in America does that mean V8 Supercars then has to re-look at all the work you're doing for building this format do you have to then look at changing it again I don't know I don't, know. I don't, I don't think so but who knows Well, you, you went through life with Saturday football on 10 and we went to big long races on Sunday and then we went to Life on 7 and we went back to splitting yeah, it over but, the weekend. But, but, but we're trying to make it, you know, we're trying to sex it up and make it good for everyone. So, you know, it goes backwards and forwards. Look, we just need a good product and we need people to also come to the events and be willing to watch it on television. Once the TV rights have been paid, then it's important for us to get people to come to the events. So, um, you know, we just need to have good racing and we need to, to, to structure our strategy for race distances around that. Is 2016 then the start of the year of the fan? I don't know about that. Is that no, but is we, the marketing we, wheels going to move now too? No, I don't think so. I mean, they've always been that. We've always been pushed to try and make as many people come to the races as we can. Look, we just need good racing. And if we've got good racing, it'll look good on television and, and people at the track will enjoy it. So, um, the, you know, that's always been the target and that's the reason why it's gone from a 300k race on the Sunday to... 260s on a Saturday and 1-200 on the Sunday. It, to make make it not boring, you need to change it around so the strategy isn't going to be easy to identify for every engineer. Because when it is, they all migrate to the best one, so they all stop on lap 6, then they all stop, stop, stop on lap 23, and no one passes anyone. 
the no tie degradation. There's so many things that contribute to making a good race that we have to work at to get right. Is it a concern that the Gold Coast and the MotoGP at Phillip Island clash next year? Yeah, it's a major concern. You know, every year we have it on the same date. I don't know what they were thinking when they put their calendar together. They don't. Who's they in that situation? MotoGP. Fair enough. I mean, you know, every year they change their date around, but every single year we have Bathurst, then we have a weekend off, and then we run the Gold Coast, and they've moved MotoGP before so they didn't clash with us. You know, I don't don't understand why they didn't reach out. We have that all too often, don't we? In in motorsport in general. Like, we've got Rally Australia, this. Rally of Canberra is on with Adelaide. Rallies rallies are maybe a little bit different, but... Um, You've only got the same gene pool of motorsport well, journalists. It's like the Grand Prix Speedway bikes are on the Saturday night that we're on at, at, um, at the Gold Coast. I just don't understand it. But, you know, I, I don't set their calendars, but I do have something to do with ours, and we try pretty hard to, uh, we you know, we try to keep it as regular as we can. And for us, you know, with us going to New Zealand and all those things we've got going on, it's, it's hard to move a date impossible one might say. Brad I feel like it's been far too confronting and confrontational. Honestly I got you know I don't I don't feel like that but but um you know I got strong views about where we are and where we're going. It's going the right direction. You're because let's face it it's your business it's your livelihood and every decision every decision affects what you uh you know your retirement fund literally. Yeah, absolutely it does, and, and I'm very passionate about what I do. I still wouldn't be here at 55. So um, I believe in our product, and I work pretty hard to make it work, and, and um, you know, and I defend it pretty hard. It's always a pleasure. No worries. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think, is a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as the supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian Times since we've been back and a bit unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Well, Alex Bremer, welcome back to Australia. Uh, jumping back in with your mate Scotty McLaughlin, and interesting times here at Sandown. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm really happy to be back in V8 Supercar first, and secondly with my teammate, Scotty, that we shared the car last year, and we've been teammates in 2013 with the Fujitsu Commodore. It was pretty good, yeah, to be back here. I'm really happy to be back as well in the team because I know them since four years, so uh, it's been part of family now because you you know all the guys and Gary and uh, Barry and all, all those uh, pretty nice guys uh, so yeah nice to be back in Sandown um, I mean uh, day, or day two in Sandown yeah, was not the one that I was expecting yeah, because yeah, I've been uh, we've been in contact yeah, with um, a BGR car I mean I had a pretty good overtaking very very co- a lot of commitment and pretty control and yeah like um, the BGR guy yeah, just came back to me and just touched me and just, just yeah we, we spun to, yeah both of us was, uh, we had a spin so that's pretty 
yeah, unfortunate, especially for, for the race of tomorrow, because yeah, we would start only the 16. But yeah, I talked yeah, with Baguana and he said that yeah, my action was under Crotol, was pretty good. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's all. But I mean, I'm happy yeah, to be back in Viet, but especially I'm looking forward for Bathurst yeah, for, for the big race here. Yeah. Now, you've been globetrotting since you were in Australia permanently. You've been back to Europe and now you're telling me you've just moved to America permanently or for the foreseeable future. Yeah, well, uh, I moved back to France yeah, because to see all the family and the friends and I had a, a small business there, so that's why I went there straight away after I left my, uh, I, I, I lost my, uh, my seat in Viet Supercar. Uh, then I was doing a bit of business with my dad on the truck company. It was pretty good. But yeah, like uh, last winter, I yeah, came up something. Yeah, a French guy called me from Vegas, who I know him because he was a racing car driver in the past. He has a big business called Exotic Racing. They are doing like a driving school on the luxury car. They have like 60 cars, uh, 6-0, yeah, so it's a big number. And we are like in Las Vegas Speedway. And in this last December, he, deci- he decided yeah, to do like a, a new series in California and Nevada. So he talked me about that project. And now, you know, now I'm involved of that, that crazy project here. Yeah, so the EXL Racing Series. So I'm pretty happy to be there. And uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool, yeah. Uh, living in America, it's nice. Uh, I travel... <laughs> I travel, I would say, yeah, a lot yeah, since like f- five years. I mean, I don't have any routine even with my wife and my children, yeah, my two, two daughters. It's pretty full on yeah, because you have to organize so many things, plan school and house, how to move, the container, the things. But I mean, we are happy, happy, yeah, happy, happy, happy wife, happy life. So, I mean, my wife is happy, so it's pretty good. And yeah, the business will be like, yeah, we will do like a series, like arrive and drive. So everyone could drive that, that car in every a lot of races a lot of strike in in america so yeah we are looking forward to have like a lot of customers and in december the, from the first to the fifth yeah, we are going to do like a super final we will have 200 up to 200 uh, 24 drivers and the winner will win 100,000 dollars yeah which is a big gain yeah, a big prize money so i mean we don't have that in motor racing so and the cost just to do the race the entry fee it's like only like five thousand dollars yeah which is pretty cheap yeah. i mean if i won't be part of the project i will do the race straight away yeah. and what sort of cars are the, are the people going to be racing in the exotic racing series yeah i mean it's uh, a tube frame it's um, it's uh, fabricated by uh, uh, talk engineering they are doing all the cars for for Renault, for Toyota, for the Trophée Andros, you know, on the, on, the, on the snow races in France. So they are pretty, really good. And the car, it's, we have like two types of car. We have the two liters, which is a 245 horses power, which is yeah, pretty nice for someone who never drove a car, just to jump in the car and drive the car. I mean, he can handle the car and be maybe like, after a day of testing, be like three seconds off a really good driver. And we have the 3.5 liters, uh, it's, uh, they are racing in France in uh, mid-jet series, it's called. Uh, they are doing the French uh, Super Tourism. I did two races this year with them. I won two races. Even Sébastien Loeb is doing those races, yeah. So Sébastien Loeb, yeah, nine times winner of WAC, so it's pretty cool. R- really nice car to, to drive. And I think the 3.5, it's the same time as the Viet Supercar because in Nogaro and Val de Vienne, we were driving against the GT. And we were just like two seconds slower. So, I mean, the car, they are pretty uh, basic, uh, pretty easy to drive, uh, tube frame, really good sensation, good braking. 
we have like a paddle shift on the uh, yeah on the on the steering. So it, I mean, it's pretty cool, especially for the American people who doesn't know how to use like a manual gearbox. Yeah, yeah. It is uh, quite a culture shift, but for your young daughters. They've probably lived in English-speaking countries oh, yeah. more than they've lived in a French-speaking country. Yeah, that's true. You, you're true yeah, about that, yeah. especially uh, Sasha. When I moved to Australia, yeah, she was eight months, so definitely she she got more English yeah, uh, culture than French culture. I mean, it's good for them. I mean, I'm so bad in English that for for, for them, yeah, it will be wonderful, yeah, awesome for their life. Yeah, I mean, it, that's why that I'm pushing as well, yeah, just to 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 be away from France, yeah, because for for the future, for the future of your yeah, generation is pretty pretty cool yeah what have you seen change over the time you've been away and now returning to australia yeah not i would say not much i just seen a, a new team dgr which is changing last year we, we didn't have a dgr and maybe some new sponsor on the cars like wilson security and how car but i mean the car yeah didn't change the yeah i mean the people they are still good and remember me so I mean it's pretty nice when you come back to Australia and say hey, Alex how are you bye, bye, bye. I mean I'm feeling good I'm, fe- I'm feeling at home yeah. I mean it's I don't want to say I miss Australia but when I'm here I'm really enjoying pe- people because I met so many good people in Australia that it's nice yeah, just to, to get the link again and uh, yeah anyway uh, I will be back in Australia one day of my life yeah, maybe with my wife or with, uh, with my kids yeah, just to visit the whole country because it's you have a magnifique yeah, land and it's pretty good yeah, herds here. What about your racing career? Obviously yeah. taking this role yeah. is, a, is a full-time yeah, job, job yeah. but what about for, for Alex Prema, racing driver? Yeah. How do you develop yourself then now being in America? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I will try as much as I can yeah, to stay in VS Supercar for the next five years because I think uh, I got some good skill and good speed yeah, to, to do that. Uh, then after that, yeah, for driving in Europe, yeah, I will drive in the 24 hours of Dubai with with a Porsche with someone yeah who want to uh, to have me in his team, and yeah, to do Le Mans now, uh, I would say yeah, you have only the LMP1, and as yeah, all the seats they are pretty locked, yeah, it's pretty hard yeah to get there. After that, you have the GT, where more more or less yeah, all the seats yeah they are locked as well yeah did you do some blank pine series yeah, last year yeah last year i did yeah i did some with mclaren it was pretty good but then after that yeah if you want to, to drive in europe more or less even if you want to do the blanc pain uh, there is audi who, who they have their their factory driver but except them yeah maybe there's like bentley or Aston Martin, but they have like really few factory drivers so it's pretty hard yeah to get a seat there but I'm not, not. I don't know. Honestly, I don't like so much the so much the GT cars yeah, in Europe yeah, because it's the car. They are really unpredictable with the ABS and things like. That. I, I, I mean, the, the experience that I did last year with McLaren, I just didn't have any good feeling from that. So I just prefer do three races and have fun in V8 Supercar and do some races, more races in uh, in endurance like 24 Dubai or Daytona with some friends and just enjoy yeah, the racing. But I mean. That's why as well I took the job in Vegas because I mean racing is, is going well and it's going to turn over yeah pretty fast as well. So that's why I'm thinking as well about my reconversion. Yeah, just to, to see about the future because I mean I love racing but uh, I really like yeah, to, to do my job what I do now because it's it's pretty interesting, you know, you're meeting people, you interact and with the suppliers or with everything. I mean I, I like it, I like it, yeah. And, uh, well, we're looking forward to seeing you here 
for the rest of the Pertec Cup, the Endurance Cup, and hopefully for many years to come. Yeah, I, if I could do like five five years, would be good. Yeah, to stay here for five years. I mean, I'm 33. If I can go like until 38, yeah, I think would be good. But you know, yeah, I know what I have to do. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, just go on the podium as as much as I can, do the best job. Yeah, don't do any mistake, and we we will be doing it. Yeah. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett. You are listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Still a bit in shock. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, everyone. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Got to put money back into the sport at the lower levels to develop the kids and bring them up. You can't rely upon good luck for Daniel Ricciardo's old man to have found a few mates to tip some money in and send him overseas. There actually needs to be a structure. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm Michael Caruso. And And you're you're listening listening to Inside Supercars. Lucas Lambrell, last year we were talking about the season calendar and you were quite keen to see a change to something like IndyCar did where it really compacted the season. How have you seen the little bit of compaction we've seen in 2016's provisional calendar? Yeah, I think uh, I think they've made you know they've listened to what the teams you know uh, you know need or want, and I think they've done a pretty good job. You know, honestly, um, it's kind of although the paper it probably doesn't look like it's kind of compacted or, or shortened the calendar up that much, but it has. You know, they've got gained a week, so less than a week more to the point at the end of the year with Homebush coming coming forward, and also the, you know with with the uh, with the the first test day kind of not being uh, I suppose a, uh, an event called you know like the super super test they had at the start of the year. Um, you know that that gains us another kind of two to three weeks. So really. I think we're kind of getting there. Obviously, it was never going to be an overnight switch, you know, into a five-month or a six-month calendar. But I think they've definitely made a made made some inroads, and you know, I think they're going to again, you know, they'll make some inroads again, probably hopefully next year. But no, they've done a good job. They listen to the teams, and they they realise they don't want to, you know, it's probably, it's probably not uh, appropriate, or it's, it's probably too hard for the teams to, you know, have a calendar that really stretches. 12 months of the year, you know, and including, we don't just kind of, um, you know, it's not like we just pull the covers off the day before Coupsal and go racing, you know, there's a lot of prep time involved, and, um, you know, we'll still be working, you know, probably from the start of February, if not earlier, um, it just helps the guys, you know, maybe helps the guys, um, uh, you know, at least have a bit more time off, you know. Having stabilised the new generation platform, how are you seeing the release of Gen 2 details? Yeah, I think they're obviously very interesting, I think it opens up a lot of other categories, I think they've listened to what, yeah, again, listened to what you know um, uh, what other category? You know, sorry, other uh, other manufacturers um, would like, and, and and you know what kind of things they need to you know to consider to be you know uh, what, what what things need to be in place or what needs to be allowed for them to even consider coming into the sport. So I think they've done a good job in that area. Um, you know, hopefully it entices a few more manufacturers to uh, to come in and that kind of thing. Um, but I think overall, it's you know it's a good thing for the category. There's not no major mechanical or internal changes, which means you know there's not going to be a heap of expense or anything like that. But it's good, and I think the series is you know more, like exactly. But you said, well, whilst the you know the, oh, the future is actually kind of stabilised now, and, and everyone's having a good go of it, I think um, I, I think you know the category is just going to go from strength to strength. And what about your team now? More than halfway through the season, going back to two cars, how have you seen that change? Yeah, it's been pretty tough uh, for me, and you know everyone is just it is honestly it's not kind of not a half load. Uh, on top more work but you know it's actually probably it is honestly twice or if not more you know a lot more people to deal with and um, and generally the, the majority of issues are not issues there are already um, things that come up are generally people related so I'm um, uh, no, uh, you know enjoying obviously that and you know a bigger group of guys and having a guys of the wider school set which is uh, which is good no, I think 
overall it's been good. You know, we've had some good results. We've had some results slip away, and we've had some results taken away, kind of thing. But I think overall, you know, we're, we're everyone's doing a good job. We've got a good bunch of guys. Um, we're just you know, and good drivers, and you know, as qualified today, 13 and 15, which is you know, it's just it's, you know, it's a midfield result. But you know, I think definitely you know, um, they've got the they've got the, you know, we're there. We're the guys that you know, we're going to give them the give them the uh, opportunity to to you know to go up the field. I think overall, I'm pretty happy going. I think there's um always or we can always do things better, but you know, we'll just keep trying to do uh, keep trying to you know, get the best bunch of guys around we can to do the best job possible. Well, all the best for the rest of the season. Thanks, Hugh. Thanks. Cheers. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, Through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two lovers to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to do, um, take the win off him. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptors and the family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bottolo Racing Team, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Tim Edwards, uh, one two at Sandown. How's it feel? Ah, it feels great, and I suppose one two three in the championship feels even better. So yeah, look, great day, great for the whole team. So yeah, pretty stoked at the moment. I have to ask, what does this mean when you try and speak to a, a uh, organisation that has a blue oval on it about futures there? I don't know. <laughs> have you stopped? Have you stopped corresponding with Ford? Oh, I wouldn't say we've stopped, but there's yeah, not a lot going on between uh, us and Ford. This year has been an amazing year for the team. It comes off the back of two Bathurst, which were pretty amazing. But what do you put the continual ability to keep this momentum running? 63 fantastic people. I mean, people talk about aeros, they talk about dampers, but the, the bottom line is it's quite simply down to the people that work in this team, and that includes the drivers as well. You know, Just got a great group of people, and we're all pulling in the same direction, and even when they're all out there fighting, you know, the drivers, you know, there's still you know, great camaraderie between the drivers, the, the engineers are still working well together, even though they know they're actually racing the guy that's standing next to him it, uh, it makes for an interesting strategy when you actually know your number one p- opponent's strategy so it's, uh, it's an interesting dynamic in the garage but look at the end of the day it's just down to a great group of people. How do you go to Bathurst wanting to get a trifecta of wins? Oh, look, I mean, of course we want to get the trifecta, but, you know, I think in the back of everybody's mind at the moment is we've got to think about who we're racing. You know, if, if Jamie hadn't made those mistakes today, well, the team, um, and he'd won the race, well, so, so be it. You know, we're not really racing him for the championship at the moment, so if we lose five, six, ten points to him, in the scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. So, yeah, we're racing to win, but we're also racing to be smart and, and, and not get carried away, you know, potentially doing something stupid. Motorsport, unlike most other sports, has a problem when two guys under the same umbrella are battling hard for one and two. How do you resolve that? You've come from a Formula One background where you know all too well what uh, can come about from that. Yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's challenging. Of course it's challenging, but you know, it's a pretty good starting point when you've got two guys that have got such great respect for each other and they're mates. It, it, that in itself just changed the dynamic because 
you know, it's you know they're probably less selfish when it's like that. You know, they're going to push each other as hard as they can. You saw it, you know, you saw it today when Frosty was on Chaz's bumper. He's pushing him as hard as he can. He's on the radio saying he's holding me up, but he wasn't going to do anything stupid. And the same was at the end when Chaz was, you know, he looked like he had a bit more pace than Mark. Yeah, he wanted to go, but he wasn't going to do anything stupid. And it, it happened yesterday as well when they were stuck behind Jamie. You know, um, Chaz was in third behind Frosty on the radio. Come on, let's go! Yeah, kind of urging his teammate to go, but he wasn't about to do anything stupid about it. So, like it's a, you know, their relationship actually makes my job that much easier. But do you see a, do you see a set of circumstances where? you eventually have to make a decision one way or the other for the the big picture. Oh, you can never say never because we don't know what the championship's going to be like, you know, come home bush, you know, we you know, who knows what could have happened between now and then, you know, the, all kinds of things and so if if we've got to think about that come home bush then then we'll think about it, but it's absolutely not on our radar at the moment. Surely you have to have a plan for it because you can't you can't get to the last laps of Bathurst with both or all three of your front-running cars with the potential to win that race and not say, at this point, we don't want some rush of blood to the head cost a, a tremendous result. I don't have to say anything because you know I've only got to listen to the dialogue from the drivers. They know what they've got to do. They know... You know, they talk about it openly all the time that they're, you know, the hardest person to race is their teammate because you're less likely to just chuck it in there and have a go and potentially knock your teammate off. Yeah, Chaz is not stupid enough that you know he would throw it down the inside, punt Frosty off the track, Frosty DNFs out of the race and loses 300 points. It's just not going to happen. I don't need to say anything. You know, I've got I've got drivers that are smart enough to know what they need to be doing. It's just, it's not as if it hasn't happened before though. No, it's not. But. You know, I can't talk about other situations and other drivers in other teams. All I can talk oh, about is... I was talking is... about your team at Darwin. Oh, correct. But but that was very different, you know. There was different relationships. There was different dynamics in the garage. It's just very different to where we're at now. Well, it's certainly on a high. As I said, going to Bathurst to get three years in a row victories, it's going to be a very interesting week. Yep, don't worry. Oh, yeah. We're hopeful for the three-peat. My thanks to Tim Edwards there, also to Alex Premer, Brad Jones and Lucas Dumbrell. I hope you enjoyed this week's edition of Inside Supercars. We return to the round table as we head into the Bathurst 1000 next week on the show. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.